Welcome back to the Deeper Dive podcast produced <clears throat> locally in the Roman Catholic Archdiocese of Washington, D.C. here at Sacred Heart Roman Catholic Church in La Plata, Maryland. My name is Bill Winnell, once again joined by Father Larry Swing. Hey, Bill. Father, uh, today we're going to talk about um, the church's position on contraception still. Uh, there's a little bit of confusion uh, being sowed, I guess, as, a, as recently as a couple weeks ago, a the, uh, theologian at the Academy for Life. Uh, maybe floated that one may dissent from the church teaching on contraception, whether it uh, you know, fell under the uh, infallible teaching, and a couple other questions. It's led to a lot of confusion. So, Father, you can start us off. Sure. Yeah, I, so, uh, you know, I, I, I haven't heard too much down here about that, but I, I have been reading the news and some of the Catholic uh, in the stratosphere. And, um, yeah, there is a little bit of alarm where this theologian, and you know the uh, you know this family council thing in Rome, where he is talking about well, it's you know debatable whether or not you know we could probably say in certain circumstances contraception can be used. Now, I think first off we have to realize, like John Paul II stated in Veritate Splendor, which is on the Splendor of Truth, he battled with this a lot, where he said theologians are to serve doctrine, not destroy it, and I'm paraphrasing him and. I think we have to be clear that theologians are not the church. They are, they are, uh, uh, you know, men and some women that are study, uh, you know, church's teachings and try to make sense out of them. But there can always be heretical, um, you know, uh, theologians. So that's the first point. And, including, I mean, including in in offices in the Vatican. Absolutely. Yeah. And there always has been. Yep. Okay. I mean. Back in the early church, you know, the Aaron heresy, I think only 20% of the bishops believed in the truth that Jesus Christ was, was truly true God and true man, right? So, I mean, it's not a percentage game, you know, in some ways. And I, I think, unfortunately, a vast majority of people, I would probably be overjoyed if they overturned this teaching and said, oh, you know, now you can use birth control. Well, great. I mean, I never, I mean, most, I think a f- the problem is a lot of Catholics don't even abide by it anyway. That's a that's a major problem, and that's why we have such confusion in, ter- in terms of sexuality. But I, I think too, Bill. I mean, let's let's look at it from a theological perspective, right? Um, I guess the arg, you know, like some people say, well, you know, it's never been um, an ex, you know, infallible. Like, uh, what is what is the word they use? Is like um, officially proclaimed, or you know, like uh, an ex cathedra statement, right? that you know that the church the, the pope has never said that you know that this is a uh, and therefore it's not infallible and there's a lot of error in that statement because uh there are many teachings or most teachings come from ordinary magisterium just from the tradition of the church um documents encyclicals you know you name it uh that reinforce what you know the church has always taught and Casta Canubi that was written in, in the early 20th century, and also Humana Vitae, which, you know, the famous encyclical in 1968, uh, basically just made the point is that we can't change what what God has, de- you know, designed. And, and I think we have to realize is that this is not something that's up for debate, you know. Uh, now, once again, I, I think some people are getting, I mean, we all get alarmed when we hear about a theologian say something, this has happened in the last, you know, 10 years, tons of times, you know, there was a whole thing about women deacons, right? We went through that and that got shot down. 
Um, I just think it's another attack uh, just against John Paul II and his strong moral teaching. And um, so I, I think too, let's, let's look at it from this perspective, you know, like um, let's, let's say, let's talk a little bit about the difference between, you know, an ex cathedra statement, you know, extraordinary, uh, you know, proclamation of the, of the Pope versus ordinary magisterium. Right. And um, all right. First off, um, most Catholics probably know if they read and know their theology, know that there is only two times in the history of the church where the Pope has solemnly declared something as, as infallible. And that is the teaching on the assumption. And it's also the teaching on um, the Immaculate Conception. Right. And so that's only, this only happened twice in the entire history of the church. So in this faulty thinking to say, well, you know, because the, the Pope has not made infallible, you know, you know, solemn declarations about everything else doesn't mean it's, it's up for grabs. So most teachings come from ordinary magisterium. So that would be just like from, you know, writings that come from the Pope. And although they're not necessarily, um, you know, uh, I guess you would say, with, even if they're not like, doesn't contain solemn language, they're still to be, uh, a, you know, followed. Um, so, well, let's stop there. What, what kind of... I was going to say, I, I think we'd be remiss without saying um, that while this is so often attributed, you know, as, a, as just a Catholic thing, <clears throat> many, the vast majority of, of Protestant denominations also held this very same, you know, belief that in, <clears throat> against contraception up until, uh, again, um, you know, the middle of the last century. Um, so this, you know, it, it just seems like it's always being pushed as a, you know, as there's Catholics, hold, the only ones left holding on well, well, and that in some respects that may be true. We're one of the few left, um, you know, but it, what I was going to bring up father is the, the, the language actually, um, the one document says that, you know, that contraception is intrinsically evil. We, we hear that about several other things and right. from, from various things just as a kind of a, um, you know, a refresher, why is it, in, why does the church teach that it's inherently evil? Right. Or, or any action is intrinsically evil. What's well, it's just, well, I guess, uh, you know, it, what that means, I mean, first off, when it says intrinsically evil, the act in itself is always evil, no matter what the circumstances. And so, you know, ergo, you know, like, um, you know, uh, fornication is intrinsically evil. Um, you know, abortion is intrinsically evil. Murder is intrinsically evil, right? Um, and then contraception is also intrinsically evil. And I think the reason is, is that it is take, it's destroying the God-given, you know, uh, aspect of what the sexual act is, which is, it's a twofold thing we've always taught from the beginning is it's for bonding in babies. And it's destroying the procreative power. It's taking something healthy and destroying it. And kind of flipping the sexual act into a, a, an act of selfishness. Which, oh, by right. the way, was all predicted by Pope Paul VI. As to oh, what... yeah. Paul, well, Paul VI, I mean, he was very clear in Humana Vitae with his prophecies about what would happen. And um, and I, I, I've always said this, and I, I do believe this, is that, you know, that when once you cave with contraception, everything else tends to go with it is eventually. It, is it the last thing, so to speak? And by that, I, I mean, it's the first, I think it's the first, the first thing to dissent is that. And I think 
I would say 100%. Um, well, okay, I have to be careful saying 100% because that's not necessarily true. And that's sort of, you know, uh, we have to be careful of hyperboles. But if a Catholic or a Christian believes that homosexual activity is, is okay, I would say they probably also believe that contraception is okay. And that makes perfect sense, you know, because if if the sexual act is not necessary for what God meant it, to, meant it to be, which is for procreation and bonding, then therefore any sexual act would be permissible, so to speak, right? So, I mean, that's the fundamental. And, you know, I, I actually pulled up Humana Vitae. Uh, but let's go back to this point, too, is that, you know, you bring up a good point, is that uh, that the teaching of the church is that every act of contraception is intrinsically wrong and has been proposed infallibly by the ordinary magisterium. Uh, Father, uh, uh, Dr. Griset, I think he's now, I think he, I don't know, he used to teach at Mount St. Mary's. Uh, he was uh, one of the, I think he was one of the guys on the board during Humana Vitae in the Vatican when they brought those theologians together. And, um, and he, him and another guy did a study over the many centuries, examined a manner in which um, countless bishops and uh, their teaching authority had condemned contraception. And he just makes a point is that this is something that's always been condemned by the church from the beginning. And the church never proposes new teachings. It never has, never will be. Right. And so something that is always will be. And one of the things that you go back to the, you know, the, the Didache, or you go back to the first century of the church, um, there was contraception. There was birth control. Okay. That's, that's not a new deal. Uh, is it more scientifically, a better way of doing it was well, sure. So is hip surgery. I mean, everything is a lot better than it was back then. I don't think they, you know, you were messing. I mean, if you end up with hip, you're, you know, you were gone, you know, you had to, you're in crutches the rest of your life and now we can flip it out. But in terms of this moral teaching, it always was, and it always was considered evil. And uh, one of the points they make is even if there's a lot of bishops that don't agree with it, it doesn't change the teaching, right? It doesn't change, change the teaching. And I think that's, that's one, one of the and, and for that matter that applies to anything yes well you know the second vatican council yeah that's true then now the second vatican council does make this point is that you know there are four conditions that are met for an infallible exercise of ordinary magisterium and number one is is that the bishops be in communion with one another and with the pope now that's a problem today right because i think one of the problems i'm not saying this i don't i don't know the inner workings of bishops and stuff but you look at sort of the, the, the sort of dividing we just seem like the bishops are very divided in many ways maybe not as much as it's projected but to say that uh what does that mean that they're in communion with one another pope well you know i think they all have to agree that it's intrinsically evil now i would hope a bishop would say this i don't know number two they, they teach authority on a matter of faith and morals now humana vitae was an authoritative teaching on contraception and it was meant for the whole church it wasn't just meant for a particular it was from the pope and, and it was went to all the bishops and it went to all the priests and all the lady and said this is what it is like no matter what people say or even theologians say because theologians back in 1968 were trying very hard to overturn you know this teaching on contraception and say in certain circumstances it could be used i mean right? and 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 I, I mean i certainly read before <clears throat> that it was actually a surprise when 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 Paul the Sixth did not cave. That, oh, that completely! So many oh, people were expecting, you know, that that is that he that that he was going to, well, for lack of a better term, cave, um, because 
you know, there was such a large opposition to him not caving. Um, I mean, that, that, that's, I think that's accepted as truth, right? Uh, right. I, I think that if you look at, um, you know, they, I, kept, I remember watching the movie on Paul VI. Uh, it was actually with Father Scott on a ski trip years ago. And um, uh, I watched it for like an hour. It got kind of boring. But I remember there was this one session where they kind of showed the inner workings of Paul VI. And he was like really on the fence. Like he just felt like, I mean, he was, he was a holy guy, but he kind of struggled with, you know, a little bit with the pressure that people were giving him. And he, uh, it was very clear that this was a supernatural, you know, origin where he just unbeknownst to, I mean, I'm sure he, 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 you know, but he, the Holy spirit just had him write that document where this is what it is. I, as universal pastor, I cannot change, you know, something that has always been considered evil. That's, that's beyond my, that's above my pay grade. And I think a lot of people were really shocked. I mean, I, I, you know, that was eight, eight years before I was alive, but when you talk to my parents and you talk to other Catholics, oh, they were like, you know, pastors are just up in arms. Sure. And we certainly know what happened in, in our own diocese. Yeah. Well, we had result. 70 bishops that, I mean, 70 priests that basically refused to uh, assent to this teaching and they were removed from office um, from, uh, you know, by our, by the bishop at the time. And then the, um, the Pope, Paul VI reinstated them. He just put them back into office um, and they were put back in parishes, which I think, you know, really kind of and probably really sidetracked a lot of Catholics because although they never preached publicly uh, against it, I think in confessions they told people it's use your conscience, which is just a terrible thing to do. Then, you know, if that's not a sin, well, nothing's a sin. You know, I mean, not that I don't think people think that way, but once you start like selecting, you know, what you think a sin is, well, you're not guided by God anymore. You're guided by your feelings, you know? And um, uh, so I think that's, that's one thing. And I, I was actually looking at um, Humana Vitae here and I was looking at the last, the last paragraph of number 31. And, and Paul the sick just said this, he goes, for man cannot attain that true happiness for which he yearns with all the strength of his spirit, unless he keeps the laws which the most high God has engraved in his very nature. Right. And so he's just making a point. This is not, this is not a something that really, it's not something that can't be figured out by human pe people that there's something just not right about just destroying a faculty of the human person. Right. Um, and, um, you know, I, you know, we've all heard this. I mean, people say, well, what about, you know, in the case of, you know, a high risk, you know, if a woman is, you know, high risk, you know, pregnancy, if she were to get pregnant, she would die. And these other things, or, you know, some women are, do have very serious illnesses. And, and, um, you know, the church basically says, and it, and maybe it's taken as being harsh, but it says that they're to take recourse of natural family planning, which actually when practice is more effective than contraception anyway. Right. I mean, contraception is not, I mean, people have this idea because you take well, a pill. And, and, and without the side effects. Right. Especially I mean, something like the pill. Yeah. You take a pill or you get sterilized that, you know, my dad, I mean, had a patient. It's, it's, it's kind of a funny story. My dad would always discourage men from getting sterilized. And um, he, uh, <laughs> he had one guy who uh, went against my dad's advice. I mean, my dad is, you know, he, he wasn't afraid to kind of stand up for his faith. I mean, he didn't say, because I'm Cali, he would just kind of give them more of the help reasons for not doing it and try to scare them into not doing it. But one guy got sterilized a year later, his, preg his wife got pregnant, you know, even though he had the surgery. 
So, I mean, it's just, I just think this, you know, when people are saying, well, why don't I try it? Well, okay, fine. But the bigger issue is, well, do you see the problem with sort of making up, you know, you saying that, I mean, because the problem is, is this, is like, right, is like, you know, when something, the t- clear teaching of the church is this, is that we can never do something intrinsically evil for, for some, for a good reason. That's just across the board. I don't care what it is, whether it's lying or it's stealing or it's this. I mean, the people say, well, you know, you should do that under these conditions. That's not the teaching of the church. Uh, we are not permitted to do something that is evil for a good purpose. And that's how that it is- kind of begins, not just with with contraception, but with, with most things, right? The, the kind of the the chiseling away or the or the except for, you know, these three conditions or whatever. Right. Well, I mean, let's use, let's, use a, let's use a completely different situation. I mean, like, you know, I remember growing up, you know, uh, talking to dad, like, dad, what's the big deal about pot? You know, and dad always used to say, <laughs> yeah, Larry, uh, marijuana is a, is a gateway drug, you know? Like, in other words, like, it's going to lead to other problems. Now, he never said why, you know, why marijuana was wrong or this. Now, he just always used that line. I'm like, well, a gateway drug, you know? But I think the point is well taken is that when you start to, like, you know, you know, you know, like when you start to, you know, compromise on things that are um, intrinsically evil, you're going to inevitably cave on a, on a lot of things. You know, it's like, you know, you know this with your own kids, right? When you permit them to do something, you know, is not good for them. It makes it very difficult for you to be a parent and to close the doors later. Yeah. And, and I think that's one of the problems. That's why we have to stand strong you know, in, in matters of faith and morals. Okay. I mean, um, I personally, I don't think this is something that we should be totally alarmed by. I really don't think there's going to be a document coming out from the Holy father saying, Oh yeah, it's okay to use contraception. I think there might be some, you know, a- attempts to say, well, this is what it's going to be, but I just, it just really, I, I don't think the Holy spirit will uh, permit that to, to, to happen, you know, because, it's just never, ha- I mean, it's, it just won't happen officially. I mean, that's something I firmly believe. Yeah. Uh, I think we will see maybe some kind of theological treatise uh, that can come from this family council. But once again, that's not, that's not infallible teaching. That's just an opinion of a theologian. Right. Do you, do you see, uh, to the extent you're willing to share, which I'm sure you will, do you see a correlation between, um, uh, the acceptance of uh, same-sex marriages and contraception. Oh, I mean, hundred percent. I mean, I, like I like I said, I, I I think that, but it's not like a direct correlation, right? right. It's not a direct correlation. Um, I think it's more of a, a symptomatic result of dissent, right? So, I think that, I mean, well, you know, back in back in our own diocese, we had you know that really you know, that one theologian who was, you know, infamous, you know, Charlie Curran, right? And like, I mean, uh, the guy basically was telling college students, like, it's okay to like fornicate as long as you're in love with someone. I mean, can you imagine being a college student hearing that in your religion class? You know, it's like, you know, or, or you know, you know what I mean? Like, or, you know, masturbation's fine as long as, you know, you know, you're not, you know, like, I mean, it was just, that was basically he's teaching college kids. And on top, I mean, he was one of the main dissenters of, of humana vitae and and w- which kind of makes perfect sense is that if you if you if it's not we have to go back to the point is is sex holy or not 
is it a sacred is it something that is an act of love and has an intrinsic meaning or is it just a biological response right and um and i think for a vast majority of people today especially young people it's really it's really nothing more than just a pleasurable experience between two consenting adults and and i've heard this from teenagers like i i you know i I'm not going to say where, but I was in a group of young people giving them a talk on the first commandment. And then one thing led to another where we realized like uh, there was a vast, a lot of the kids were kind of on the verge of being atheists. And I said, why are you atheists? And they said, well, because the church is teaching homosexuality. <laughs> and I was like, all right, well, let's talk about it. Yeah. And I said, well, I, so I tried to, I kind of asked them like some sort of, sort of like rhetorical questions. I'm like, well, let me ask you another question is like, is it wrong for two people that are in love with each other not to have sex? And they're like, well, of course not. That's their choice. All right, so is it wrong for the church to say that? And they're like, yeah, but they can't tell you that they can't have it. I'm like, well, then where's the, where's the, I said, where's the, where's the line? I was like, well, I was like, let's say, for instance, your dad, you know, was attracted to the secretary and wanted, you know, he says, I have feelings for her. You know, I mean, like, I mean, he's consenting. She's consenting. I mean, what's wrong? Well, what's different? I'm like, is it really? And they're like, well, you know, they kind of stuttered like, well, kind of, I mean, I mean, in, intrinsically though, there's gotta be some boundaries, but the, the younger generation and a lot of people, they just really don't think this is something there should be any kind of boundaries. And I think in, in a lot of people's heads, it's like, if sex is just really a consensual act of affection between two consenting adults, well, of course, you know, uh, which you don't want to have children. So, you know, obviously I don't think anyone who's having sex outside of marriage or anyone who's committing adultery is not going to use protection. Why? Because the last thing they want to do is get pregnant. Well, it just makes sense that if that's permissible, then heck, why, why would, why wouldn't, you know, you know, two adults of the same gender, uh, how can you tell them that's not wrong if that's all that sex is? So, I mean, I think it's more, it's not like, okay, one plus two equals three, but it's more like it's the, the fact. The fact is, is that if if you if you take what marriage, what sex is supposed to be in marriage, and really dilute it, there's nothing left. And that's another point. Is like you know the, the, the teaching that marriage is simply for for marriage. I mean, sex is for marriage. I mean, that's a whole another like sort of epiphany for a lot of people today. Because like, why is that? I think that's a little bit rigid. I'm like, well, okay. You see, so. It's, I mean, I think when we live in this society that everything's about equity and, and, and being fair, I think if a vast majority of the, the human population, which I think is true, is having contraceptive sex, then how can they tell someone who really is not, not having procreative sex, it's not possible, that that's wrong too? I mean, obviously there's a big difference. I mean, there's a huge difference because, you know, we would say that sex between a man and a woman is natural and, and we would say, you know, Contrary to popular belief, that sex between people of the same gender is unnatural. It is. It goes against natural law. It goes against the way we were made. Okay, regardless of how someone feels about it, that's just that's just a fact. That's just a fact. You know. So now, can we as human beings go against our nature? Of course we can. That's what sin is, right? But once again, I think the problem is is we're we're living in a sort of times where everyone's trying to push the envelope where. I can do, you know, like, let's just permit things and then slowly unravel where everything's permissible. So you're in a, <clears throat> certainly a, a unique position, not only, you know, being a diocesan parish priest, but also, you know, um, um, you know, kind of a, uh, 
uh, a, you know, you've got a secular university in which you, you know, uh, work to uh, talk to kids, spiritual direction, things like that. Is, is this the hardest sell? Is, is contraception one of the um, hardest sells to, to, to that age group? Um, Pushback wise, you know, are you, or is it gay marriage? I mean, cause I, I, I think, I think the gay marriage is more so. Okay. Uh, I mean, because it's really a thing of sentimentality. I think it's more the, what do you mean by the, that? Well, I think it's like, I, I think it's, I think it's more like, I mean, people can understand, um, I can, they can understand the arguments against contraception. I think they're smart enough to understand it and they might not agree with it. They might say, well, that just seems an inconvenience. But I think the thing about the gay marriage thing, from my experience, it's not so much like, I don't think they think it's, I don't think people think it's like, okay, quote unquote. I just think they have a hard time telling their friends that are living that lifestyle that what they're doing is evil. That's more of like, that's like the, the bigger rub because it's like once again it's like we're in you know um you know in our world we're just a very non-judgmental society you know where you're not really in common you know sort of in you know in polite society you're supposed to tell someone they're doing something wrong you know like i was i was walking up the hill in guadalupe right and uh you know in a week a couple last week right and uh and uh, it was it was kind of hot, and you know I was you know I was kind of leading the, the charge. And there's this there's this like you know Hispanic girl, and she's got this shirt. It says "F off, F off, F off, F off," like all the way, like just all across her shirt. And I was like, "Hey!" And I said, "In a este palabra es muy malo, you know, otro camisa." I said, "Get another shirt." That's, those are bad words, you know, in English. And she like stopped. Her parents were shocked. And I was like, you know, but I'm a priest. I was like, I just and I had no qualms to do it, but I just think that's not something that is. I mean, she probably, you know, you know, should I have just not said anything, you know, possibly, but I mean, we're in like, you know, approaching one of the most holy sanctuaries in the entire world and you're wearing an F off t-shirt. But I, I, I think the the problem is, is like, we've lost the, that sort of, that sort of prophetic voice that tells people like, look, I don't care what you, what you feel, this is wrong. And you've got to come to grips with it because I just think like, Here's the thing is like, especially Catholics, like, it, I, I said this a couple weeks ago, is like when you go to God and you just say, well, I know the church's official teaching was this, but I went against it. That's not going to be a suitable answer when you're in front of God, your, your, your Lord and King. Like that's You're, saying, you're saying it may work in the confessional. It might, <laughs> but it not. May work. It may, well, I mean, no, it, it doesn't I work know. in the confessional either, but I, I mean, I'm you. just saying like, you're not going to receive mercy if yeah. you don't ascend it. But I just think that this is a very, it's, I mean, this is a very serious matter. And I, I think of all the things that come out, you know, like this is the most alarming in terms of like when you start picking on saying that things that are intrinsically evil are okay, right? That's a problem because that's giving a green light to evil and that's going directly against the gospel. It's going directly against what marriage is supposed to do. And inevitably, it's just... You know, and when people see that, when they see Vatican, they think, well, that's official teaching, right? If they hear a bishop or whatever, or the Holy Father, or anything, say something, it's just maybe it doesn't make sense or this, they, or it could be just a passing comment. Uh, they might, they just think, well, that's what the church teaches. And that's not necessarily true. Yeah. I mean, it has to be an official teaching. And once again, I mean, what came out from this family council is more of a, you know, it was a, an opinion piece, you know, 
Yeah. And I, I just don't think this guy um, is going to get far with it, I hope. But, who, you know, who am I to judge? You know, I, I don't know. <laughs> you said earlier, uh, I can't remember the percentage you you, you said, and, and obviously it was your opinion, unscientific, all that, not statistically significant, blah, 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 for those out, for those number of people out there. But you, you said something about X amount, X percentage of uh, American Catholics are contracepting. Uh, I can't remember what you said, but it, it struck me as being high. Uh, I think the number, I think the going, the going number, which I could be wrong, but I remember it's probably close to 90% of Catholics. Whose fault is that? Um, I, I'd say it's, I, I would say it's very much it's from a lack of coming from the pulpit. You know, when was I the mean, last time I, you I, preached about contraception? I've mentioned it several times this year. Yeah. I, okay. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, every year I at least mention it. I mean, I talk about how it's a sin. I don't, I mean, I don't necessarily hammer all the time. I used to give like whole homies on contraception. I think what happened is, uh, people just shut me out. But I, I think that, um, actually, to be honest, there were some people like, I've never heard that before. And that was, that was astonishing. Um, you know, like I've never heard it. If, as long as you preach it with love and you go through like, you know, just walk them through the whole premise. Like, why is this wrong? Um, you know, some people are like, huh, I, you know, and, and they convert. I mean, I find it one of those things where it's a very difficult matter to convert because you have to change your whole lifestyle. You know, like if you've been depending, I mean, that it's a game changer with your whole life because if you're open to life, you know, you might have another kid, you might have to put another kid through school, you know, you know, all of a sudden I can't have those, you know, dream vacations anymore, or, you know, uh, go to the gym every, every day. I mean, it's just, it's, it's like, and, and uh, people say that, like, you know, I mean, people have told me in the past, like, father, you know, you're to blame for this, you know, like for what, <laughs> you know, like, in fact, you know, they're, they're living a, an authentic Catholic life and then yeah. to carry their cross, yep. you know? And, and I, I just think maybe that's the bigger thing is like, we forget the fact that our Lord says, unless you deny yourself and take your cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. Yeah. And, and I mean, look, it, it's not an easy teaching. I'm not sitting here saying that I don't, uh, it's very hard for me. You know, it's not hard for me, but it's, it, it is, to talk to someone who's got, you know, a possible high risk pregnancy and say, look, you can't do this. Um, but I, I never have, never will tell someone it's okay to use contraception. If that someone tells me that I'm fine, I'll go, I'll go to Mexico and help father Dan. I'm not going to preach that. You know, that's, that's just, that is wrong. It's heretical and it's going to lead people to hell ultimately. And I, it's, it's that severe. Yeah. And to, be, that- and to be clear, cause I know I, I get kidded a lot about, you know, picking on millennials. This is not a millennial thing, the contraception. This is uh, certainly my generation and certainly those older than me, you know, were part of that um, cohort, if you will, during Vatican II. This is, this is not, this is not just a young Catholic problem. I mean, this is. What do you mean by that, Bill? Contraception. I mean, this is across, you know, I'm not just picking up, throwing the millennials under the bus. This is across the board. It's, oh, it is a hundred percent. I mean, I think this is, this, this, I mean, it goes back to, you know, I mean, the, the, the baby boom, after the baby boomers, it's like that generation came from that, gen, you know, I mean, the baby boomers had a lot of kids. And then, you know, I mean, my, uh, most, most Catholic families had, you know, nine, 10, seven. I mean, it's just, you know, the Flanagan's had, you know, 22 kids and yeah. whatever. Um, and, you know, it's, it's really funny, like, and I was on the plane and I was sitting next to a, a Methodist and, you know, he was like, Hey, where are you going? I'm like going to Guadalupe. He's like, I didn't explain it. He's like, that's fascinating. I'd love to go to that, you know? And talking about this orphanage and so forth. And uh, so, I, you know, and then he asked me about my background. And I said, well, I'm the oldest. And somehow it came out that I was the oldest of 10 kids. And I get this response all the time. 
Oh, so your parents were good Catholics. Yeah. Well, I mean, think about it. And even Catholics will say that. Oh, your sure. mom was a good Catholic. Absolutely. So, so let's flip that. You're a bad Catholic. You're using contraception. That's true. You are a bad Catholic. You are doing something that's intrinsically evil, and you got to check yourself. You you don't have the right to make up your own commandments and just do something because it's inconvenient. And I think anyone who's listening to this and use contraception, you've got to stop. And you've got to stop using it, and you've got to tell your kids not to use it. And it's like, it's not, this isn't like, you know, using, you know, you know just taking candy. This is... This is something that's really going to affect your soul. And um, now, you know, are some people, they don't know it's wrong? Sure, right? But, I, I mean, Catholics have to know. Catholics know. And even that Methodist guy, he knows that it is not good to use contraception as a Catholic. He doesn't go to Catholic Church, but somehow he knows. And I just think that too many people, like, just think that I can just plead the fifth on this particular matter. But that's that's you can't do that with any commandment. Um, and that's just sort of a society we live in right now, you know, and, uh, and we're, remember, I mean, the bottom line is we don't go to heaven because we're good. We go there because we're holy. Right. And we're saved. And I think a vast majority of Catholics have used contraception, repented and become very holy after the fact. And, you know, I, a lot of Catholics I encountered that use contraception, they kind of regret it. Like, you know what, if I had the faith that I had now, I, I, I wouldn't use it, you know, but I was never, you know, a lot of times they were not taught properly. Yep. Uh, they were misguided by teachers and by, unfortunately, by priests. They wanted to do the right thing. Um, their parents told them to take birth control. Uh, you know, I mean, this, it goes. The list goes on and on. I mean, I can't. You can't just say it's just the priest's fault. Yep. You know, I mean, how many mothers tell their daughters to use contraception just so they can be quote unquote safe? You know. Yeah. Rather than encourage them to be chased. Yep. You know. So yeah. So nothing's changing, is what you're saying. No, absolutely not. I, I just, I mean, I, I would be, mark my words, I just think it's it's a it's a smokescreen. Um, I don't think people need to be alarmed by this. I mean, it's like, look, it came from a theologian who said it's intrinsically evil. Now, if he knows his theology, he knows that you can't do that. It's in the catechism. Something that's intrinsically evil, you cannot do under any circumstances, period, ex, end of sentence. So, I mean... Here's, I mean, like, I'm not, a, I mean, I'm not a theologian. I didn't get, you know, I got, I got, you know, a master's in divinity. I didn't get a licentiate, but I mean, I've read the catechism and I know what moral the, the, theology says is that under no conditions can you do a, a, a intrinsically evil action for a good purpose. So it's, he, he just got to know. I mean, it's just, you know, unless they say, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how you can wiggle around that. It's as simple as that. So. All right. Very good. Lead us in cool. prayer. Sure. All right, Heavenly Father, we just ask you to just uh, help all, all people that are just kind of maybe just confused right now or just you know, want to know, to just know that. But also, I think, Lord, just to trust in your divine providence. I mean, I, you know, ultimately, Lord, when it comes to things like contraception and these types of matters, it's, it's usually comes down to lack of trust and what you're going to do for us. And just have a faith in you and the beauty of, of your design for human sexuality and marriage and all these beautiful things. And Lord, that we just we also that we have a faith and a love to know that if we follow your commands, um, that it will it will bring us happiness. You know, it will bring us happiness. Maybe not all the time on earth, right? But definitely in heaven forever. And we ask all these things through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen.